Welcome, welcome back to the Pillars of Smoke podcast. I'm Mag. And I'm Sam. Welcome back. What a banger. Oh, man. They That's never the fail. Right there. They never fail. They, bro, they really don't. A day they, to remember. Oh, a day to remember. Amazing band. I would love to see them in concert. I truly, truly would. I almost did when I was younger. Oh, man, you should have done it. Didn't, didn't get to. You should have done it. Didn't get to. This is the issue with metal bands, though. Tell me. At least here in Miami, they don't come down here. They go to they they go to for Lauderdale. A they lot. Go, yeah, they go as far as like Broward. Yeah, I mean stop. here to Miami, not very many. No, but because it's not it's not a big scene down here. No, it's not. But I'll tell you this: if you can make the drive to the Revolution oh, and for Lauderdale, yeah. it's not a paid. This is not a paid sponsorship. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but I will tell you this: some of the best shows that I've been to, it sounds great in there. Oh yeah, it's a lot of fun. The Revo- live, the, the Revolution live in yeah. Fort Lauderdale. Well, you used to Fantastic. get a Mayhem Fest at the amphitheater in West Palm. That's true. That yeah, was, but that was like a that's whole, bananas though. That's like a whole different thing. That's like a whole different level of. Like you metal. better get ready to get your teeth knocked out oh, if you go into that pit. Sure. Have you for been in the sure. pit? Tell uh, the truth. I have not. I've been on the border of the pit. Okay. And push people back into the pit, but I have never been in the pit. I will, I will do this uh, just because I know that one of my buddies listens, and he's going to give me grief. But big shout-outs to Marcos because he was one of the ones who uh, uh, King Dang-A-Lang, Captain Pina, Fire Pina. Um, big shout-outs to him because uh, he, he, really, he really was the one who put me on metal. Mm. He, he, like, pioneered that, that, that uh um, he kind of like not pioneered, but he kind of like added like fuel to the flame. Mm. He like put me on some really good bands that I enjoyed and stuff. And very nice. From there, I just like started growing and growing and growing. And like, no, I remember one Mayhem Fest. Cool. There was one Mayhem Fest I went to. It was this, uh, it's like a Viking metal band mm-hmm. called Three Inches of Blood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're kind of wild. Uh, that one, the pit for that one, the dudes were just like, we've got enough people here for it. I want two walls of death going against each other. Okay, if you don't know, uh, there's there's all these different types of pits. There's circle pits, there's pod pits, there's walls of death. If you ever get trapped in a walls of death pit, mm-hmm. get out as soon as you can. Yeah. Because it is literally just one row of people on one side, one row of people on the other, and they come running at each other and clash like a gigantic battle. That's what that's what that's wild, bro. That's and then wild. and then from there, it just it's just moshing from that point on. I've so heard. you clash and then you mosh. And it was me and my buddy were watching it from like far away, and we're like, "Oh, these guys are crazy!" And they had, I promise you, it was like two lines of forty people, and all you saw was just boom. Just ridiculous. I think like one of the one of the sickest pits that I've seen was at a. Uh, uh, was at Mayhem, uh-huh. and I saw I I wasn't part of it because I knew it was gonna be wild because oh. the crowd was enormous. It was Mastodon. Oof, bro. Oof, my goodness, Mastodon. Oh, and then there was another one that I saw. Who was it? I think it was Norma Jean. Oh, Norma Jean. Norma Jean. He's like. The singer gets up there halfway through the set, and he's like, "I see this tiny Yo. wimpy pit going on." I've got a lot of people here. I don't want to see these tiny wimpy pits. 
I want to see pits all over this audience. No more than 10 people per pit. And I'm like in the front for this show. And I turn around and I just see like 20 pits pop up. And That's I'm crazy. Like, oh my gosh. That's crazy. <laughs> I think one of the shows that I really wanted to like go to, not necessarily because I like the band, but just to experience it, is a Slipknot. Oof. I've always been curious of what a Slipknot show is like. Well, it's, I've heard they're crazy. That's what I've heard. But I, I don't know if I'm going to build up the courage to, yeah. to go. I wouldn't. And if I do. God bless you, sir. Yeah. Go with the crucifix. <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm not going for the music. I'm just going for, like, the, like to see the show. Oh, Like, man. I would just, like, get tickets as far as possible. I just want to see the show. Because I know that, the, I know that it's wild. You're going to be on lawn. Probably, I mean, yeah. I don't think they do well, arenas. I they, yeah, I don't think they do arenas like that. Nah, not anymore. They're Probably they're like they're, nosebleeds. I think their peak is like. I think they've already peaked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're on downswing. Yeah, well, kind of. Yeah, Corey Taylor kind of. What What was the guy who left? Um, head yeah. was head. No, head. Brian Head Welsh. He wasn't. He wasn't a Slipknot, right? No, I think that was Corn. 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 Corn's an amazing show, though. I've I've heard I've that seen, Corn is also I've a good show. I've seen Corn live. They are phenomenal. They're really good. I saw Brian Head Welsh once at uh in Orlando. We went to my boy Marcos and I. We went to go see For Today's last show ever. Oof. For Today, it was a Christian metal band, and uh, we drove up to Orlando a couple years back, and it was their last show ever. It was incredible, and. Uh, and Brian had Welsh was there, huh. like he was sit, standing on the side of the stage, and I'm like, "Who's the, who's the awesome dude with all the long, with the super long dreads?" And my boy Marcos looks at me and he's like, "Do you not know who that is?" And I'm like, "No, bro, but that guy looks awesome." <laughs> and he's like, "Bro, that's that's Brian Head Welsh, bro." Mm. I'm like, "Dude, that's him right there." I wanted to like shake his hand, but it was crazy. You see, yeah, people 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 sleep on Christian metal bands. Oh, bro. People sleep on Christian metal bands. You should not sleep on Christian metal bands because they are awesome. Amazing. Yeah. And they rival some of these, like. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. A really good show that I did once with with him, which actually we saw it at the the Revolution, was Beartooth. They put on a great show. I remember that one. Yeah. I was going to go. Couldn't go. You should have gone. I think I was working that night. Maybe. Maybe. But you should have gone. But. On to the better stuff. On to the better stuff. On to the better stuff. We have some really good... Uh, we have a great continuation for last week. Oh, yes. And we have started a series where we are tracking along and going through a... Not a book of the Bible, but we're doing some extra biblical reading. And we're going through Nine Marks um, nine marks of a Healthy Church by Mark Dever. The Goat. Give him an applause for that one. That's we a, need it. Hold on. Yeah, there we go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This man has done so much for the church. You know what? Nine Marks has, has definitely... They're bar none. Mm-hmm. Bar none. When it comes to equipping church leaders, congregants, pastors. Oh, absolutely. Especially, especially if, you're, if you are a church that is trying to revitalize your culture mm-hmm. and really looking at and analyzing your congregation 
and how it, how the health of it is and how to improve it, mm-hmm. man, this is probably the book that you need to jump on yeah. ASAP. Yeah. And their their resources are unlimited. Oh. So many resources. Articles, books, podcasts, uh, church events. They help you find a church. If you're looking for a church, they help you find mm-hmm. one within your community. They help you get plugged in. This is one of those ministries that doesn't, they don't hoard resources. They just open up give the it. doors and just, just give it's everything away. Go to ninemarks.org. This is not a plug, not a paid sponsorship, but I will tell you this. It's one of the best resources to have in your back pocket, especially when doing research, when looking up things for discipleship, one-on-one counseling, when you, you know, you you need some more advice and more counseling with more, um, just more resources. Some of the best uh, church building resources that you can find, you can find them at Mm ninemarks, ninemarks.org. Mark Dever, thank you, bro. Thank you and your team out there. If you ever got to hear this, we are eternally grateful for some of these resources, man. For for most of them, for all of them, at least all the ones that I've read. Oh, definitely. They're all fantastic. So, you know, this series is called What's the Point of Church? What is the point of church? What is the point of church? Well, Well, one of the points of church is to preach the gospel. Yep. Well, I think the first point, we covered it last week, which we is... We did, which was expositional preaching. Mm-hmm. Expositional preaching is absolutely essential and critical to the health of any church. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for a church or if you're part of a church and there isn't consistent expositional preaching of the Word of God, that means going verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, in a coherent, systematic way where the word of God is being spoken of and exposited consistently, uh, it's time to reassess. Oh, yes. Because what is the point of church? And I think the first point, I think Rick Blackwood says it really well. He said it really well at this uh, at this uh, kind of like preacher's thing that he does called um, preaching oh, from preaching, or, uh, uh, leading, from the, leading pulpit. from the pulpit. There's this one quote that he has, and he says that uh, music is great, the lights are great. Fellowship is great. But when people go to church, they go for the preaching. Absolutely. You go for the preaching. You do. You do. You don't go to hang out with people necessarily. You don't go for uh, the good environment and the cool events and the coffee and all that stuff. You go for the preaching. Absolutely. And that is the bread and butter. That is the meat. That's the sustenance mm-hmm. of any Christian, of any church. And that is why, you know, it was chapter one. Right, exactly. But yet again, chapter two ties into chapter one. Oh, tremendously. What's chapter two? The gospel doctrine. Lead us, my brother. Not even just the gospel. It's the gospel doctrine. So if we look at the gospel, what's the gospel? Well, there's there's so many different ways of explaining what the gospel is. Uh, you know, it's God created everything, and he saw that it was good, and, and that was his creation. That's yeah. how he... He set things in a certain order. And then sin enters the world and breaks that order. It breaks. Sorry for the loud motorcycles. For the ricer. (laughs) JM ricer over here. Uh, You know, sin enters the world and breaks God's creation. Mm -hmm. It it, it separates God's creation from himself. So it has separated our relationship with him. You know, and because of sin, now the Lord has put into place this order of redemption 
which comes through his son, Jesus Christ. Yep. And he lives a perfect life that we could never live and then dies on a cross and sheds his blood to atone for our sins and to rectify our relationship with God and mend that relationship with God so that we can have a relationship with him again. And then in that, he also gives us eternal life and now we can spend eternity with him. Absolutely. That's, that's the gist of the gospel. Yeah. Now, there is so much within the gospel itself because the gospel really has to do with all of the attributes of God. Yeah. This is, what was it? The deepest doctrine of this, scripture. This is the deepest. The deepest. Because it completely involves the entirety of who God mm. is. I love that. It's, it's, it's the deepest because it entirely involves who God is yep. as a whole. From yep. Father, Son to Holy Spirit and every single attribute that he is, is within the gospel. So oh, if yeah. we look at it, you know, God wants to be your friend. God wants, you know, Jesus wants to be your brother. He wants to live eternally with you, all these different things. Yes, we can look at all that. But at the gist of it, there's there's uh, five things. Um, so what Dever says in this chapter really is looking at the health of your church, you have to look at how the gospel is preached. And if the gospel being preached does not hit on these attributes of God, it, if, if the gospel being preached does not display these attributes of God, then proper gospel is not being preached. Absolutely. And if the proper gospel is not being preached, then it doesn't fully help the congregant, the Christian, to understand why the gospel is so mm. important in their mm -hmm. life. So if we look at what Dever says, he, he makes five points uh, on who God is within the gospel, and it's the God of the Bible is a creating God. He is a holy God. He is a faithful God a loving God, and a sovereign God. Now, these five things are huge for the gospel, gigantic for the gospel. So, you know, if we look at the creating God first, he is a creating God. He created everything. He created the universe. He created the animals. He created the seas, the, the, the plants, the birds. He created the humans. He created the angels. He created, he created everything. So if he is the creator, that means that he is the one who created the gospel. That yep. it wasn't, and, that's, and that's the first and foremost thing that you do need to understand because, yes, the Bible was written by human hands, but it was breathed out by God. Yep. It is the pure inspiration of God. That is what the Bible is. That is what the gospel is. So God did create the gospel. It was not something that was done by human hands, and that's something that scholars and I say scholars I don't want to say theologians I'm, I'm saying scholars because I want people to realize that it's a secular thought frame yeah. to say well the Bible is written by humans 100% this is, this is just your deity this is yeah. who you think it is this yeah. is this is what your d divinity looks like mm -hmm. but it's not like yes it was written by human hands but our God created yeah. that gospel to show us that we are broken and that we do need a savior and that it can only be through him yeah that we can have this gospel. So there's this, there's this quote here in, in the book, and it says like this, we must acknowledge that God is a great initiator, is mm. the great initiator, the great giver, the great creator of the world, the creator of his people, mm. the author of faith. That is what God is like. Mm. He is 
a creating God. Mm. And that's something that we often forget that God in his sovereignty and his omniscience in his grace and his mercy in his love Mm -hmm. is a creator God. Mm. He is the one who fashioned everything. He's the one who spoke everything into existence. But not only did he speak every particle and molecule and cell and atom to its to its deepest roots Mm -hmm. but he also fashioned humanity Mm. himself yeah he didn't just speak it he fashioned it out of clay out of out of mud out of Mm -hmm. dirt he made us that's a special relationship that we have with god yeah it's not just a relationship of he's our creator and he just casually also spoke us into being. Right. No, he yeah, fashioned there was, there you. There was a plan. Yeah. It was, it was premeditated. Absolutely. It was. And what I love about Dever there, he also says that he is the author of faith. Mm-hmm. There, there isn't anything. Um, he created everything. Yep. But all good things can lead back to God. Absolutely. And they do lead back to God. Um, and even some of the bad things that happen to us on our daily life mm-hmm. that we just sometimes don't have control over or understand, God eventually works all of those things for good. Yep. Is he the author of evil? Absolutely not. There is no evil in God. He is creator God. Mm. And all good things can lead back to him. Mm. So one really good thing is our faith. Yep. And our faith comes from hearing and hearing of the word of God. And I would love to add this real quick. And it's um, just to interject here with, with some scripture regarding, uh, regarding the gospel. Absolutely. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 15 says like this, The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. For I receive mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might be displayed, might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. Mm. To the king of ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. If there is, if there, I don't think there is any better summation of the gospel mm-hmm. than this one right here. No. That Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. Mm. That his perfect patience and his glory might be displayed because he is the king of the ages. Absolutely. Immortal, invisible, forever and ever. Mm. I mean, it, it doesn't get any more powerful and more clarifying that the entire gospel is not about the love that God had for a sinful creation, but the entire gospel is surrounded around the glory of God. Mm. And I, and I love what Dever ends that little section with um, 
because he goes he goes on saying because our god is a creator god we get to and we have such a special relationship with him because he created us when we look at the gospel from that lens of god as a creator when we talk about the gospel mm-hmm. we're talking about what he has done absolutely and he, he he ends this little section he says uh in the most profound sense the gospel is not something that we do but something that we proclaim and the good news we proclaim is not about what we're doing it's about what god has done is doing and will continue to do mm. we must know that god has given us new life through christ Amen. and it's beautiful to look at that because it's like okay this really has nothing to do with me it's everything on him I am not proclaiming something of my own. Yes, I have my personal testimony, and your personal testimony does help you witness to people. But remember, first and foremost, that you are always proclaiming Mm. God and his work in creation. Which then brings us over to the second thing, that uh, his second attribute, which is a holy God. Now, this is really, really important because a lot of people always just look at the love side of the gospel. Mm -hmm. A lot of people would just look at, like, the merciful side of the gospel but what you're looking at truly because it's about us because it's about us right when you're that's why that's why sometimes we have trouble disconnecting exactly you know what's about us mm-hmm. and what's about god and exactly. we we, we want to make it about us right but it's about god it's about god it's that's, always about that's god. that's the hard that's a that's a tough disconnect that some people um that's that's easy to 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 get lost in mm-hmm. But what's beautiful here is to really help with that disconnect is this, that the gospel is necessary because there is sin. Now, when you understand that God is holy, he is holy, he is utterly good. There is no evil in him. There is no sin in him. He is the standard of righteousness and holiness in the universe. It's not even just on planet Earth. It's in the universe. That is who he is. Mm -hmm. He cannot be in the presence of sin. You look at through the Old Testament. Throughout the entire Old Testament, like there was sacrifices that were constantly made. And even the priests had to go through rituals rituals of cleansing and everything else and and, uh, have a sacrifice of incense and all these other things in order to even enter into the Holy of Holies to make sacrifice for the people for the Day of Atonement. Like Even the small sacrifices that they made throughout the year still was not enough to cover Mm -hmm. their sins. So when you're looking at this, yes, God wants to be in the midst of his people, but the only way for him to do that is to get rid of their sin. Absolutely. So when you look at the gospel, you're looking at the attribute of God's holiness in that he pro- he provided the gospel mm-hmm. so that you would have a perfect savior so that you would have a perfect sacrifice to cleanse your sin and when he looks at you now when you have come to this faith it, it, what he sees is that holy blood that has been shed that is covering you mm-hmm. and it is no longer him looking at your sin but that holy blood absolutely you were he is literally banking the gospel on your life on his holiness yeah and that what 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 truly ties the holiness of god to the gospel is the atonement Mm -hmm. that's the that's the one avenue that we are reconciled back to god the only way we're reconciled back to god and this is what makes that attribute of the love of god so powerful and so big 
is that there is an atonement made by a holy God. Yes. That is the differentiation between any other religion in the world, mm -hmm. which is based on works, what you can do for God, for God to have mercy on you one day, maybe if you've been good or whatever, to the God of the Bible, mm -hmm. where he's the one who offers up sacrifice for you yeah. through Christ Jesus. And when, and when you look at it, it's like, what that also shows us within the gospel is that we are sinful creatures. Mm -hmm. It shows us that we are not holy, we are not righteous, and that there is nothing that we could ever do on our own that could ever bring us to yeah. salvation. Yeah. There is nothing that we could ever do. And any, and any pastor, preacher, church that negates the holiness of God within the gospel is not preaching yep. true and proper gospel. Absolutely. And then the, to, to expound on that holiness of not, there's nothing that we can do to, to earn salvation or get to, to a place where we're good with God on our own without Jesus. But that also brings out the idea of that there's nothing we can do to separate ourselves mm. from the love Absolutely. of God through the gospel mm. that is the deepest and most profound form of biblical the not form of but the most profound doctrine in biblical theology is the gospel mm -hmm. because it encompasses like you said in the beginning it encompasses every single attribute of god and i wish that we would do a series one day on the attributes of god oh we definitely can and we should we'll schedule that in but unfortunately, we're running short on time, so we can't cover every single part of this of oh, this chapter. Not. Just by the way, reading the chapter took an hour. Oh yeah, it takes about fifty minutes to read yes. one of these chapters. The yes. chapters are long enough. Even even, even on yeah. an audio book, the audio book is like 60, 60 minutes. Yeah, something like that. They're 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 long chapters, so we're we're just kind of like briefly <coughs> um, giving you like summations mm -hmm. of what we're reading and and how to interpret these nine marks. But the the second mark. Um, if we haven't made it obvious, is it should be a gospel-centric church. Gospel-centric church. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, is, that is highlighting the attributes of God mm -hmm. in the gospel. Absolutely. And just to kind of like, just to kind of like summate, like bring like a summation of the rest of this chapter, just like the God of the Bible is a faithful God within the gospel itself. God is faithful. He has never, he does not break his promises because he makes them on his own name. Like, and that's a whole other thing that's like that we don't have time to cover in this episode. But it's God is faithful to his name and he makes these promises on himself and he intends to keep them. He will never break these promises. Yeah. And when you hold that, that gives you an assurance of the say of, of the salvation that you have. What what I love that he says back here at the at the end of this of of this chapter, he says I think it's the last paragraph it says like this to really hear the gospel is to shake is to be shaken to your core mm. to really hear the gospel is to change have you heard the gospel not a smooth not not a smoothing word about your goodness or about god's acceptance or about jesus's in um inoffensive willingness uh to befriend all and uh and all in sundry or or even convincing words about getting rid of your sins or your life 
Have you heard the Bible's great message about God? Hmm. Does it sound like it's the best news you've ever heard? Old sins forgiven, new life begun, a personal relationship with God, your creator now and forever. Hmm. What better news could be heard? None. None. Because it's built solely on the holiness of God and the attributes of a holy, perfect, righteous God. Hmm. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. This book is good stuff. It's, it's a really good book, guys. We really suggest reading it. Totally recommend it. Even if, even if you're not on staff at a church, man, just for your own... Just for your own edification. For your own health. Yeah. Because at the same time, remember, you should be preaching the gospel to yourself. Every day. Every single day. Every day. And if you're preaching the gospel to yourself every single day, you should be reminding yourself of God's attributes mm-hmm. every single day. Absolutely. That's going to increase your faith tenfold. 100%. We love you guys. Hope you're enjoying this. Grace and peace. Peace. Peace.